0: Good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, I am Gordon Forbes, and I'm off on another short-term mission trip. This time, I'm going to a place called Halliburton. (laughs) I knew you would laugh. Who would go to a place like that, right? But not to worry, I'm well prepared. So let me just show you how we prepare for some of these short-term mission trips. First of all, there are some essential items. Now, I've been to quite a few different places on mission trips, and a lot of them were pretty hot and a lot of them are buggy. So you've got to get the right stuff, both. Not that. That's a reminder for later. <laughs> I've got, I've got my, uh, my sunblock, I also have my UV-blocking shirt and my UV-blocking hat. I have um, some other essentials here. <laughs> Where is it? Oh, yes, there's my insect repellent. Definitely need that, and uh, oh, yes, my bug hat. Need that for sure. Oh, and this, this, you know, in Halliburton, they, that's, that's, that's fine, thank you. They, they don't even have city water in Halliburton. Everybody used to get the water out of the ground on their own. And uh, some places I go, I take this with me, which is a personal water for purification kit. It's awesome, a Sawyer filter. And actually, in uh, August, I'm going to Honduras to distribute a bunch of these to an indigenous community that has no clean water. So if you're interested in sponsoring one of these, that'll give a whole family clean water, that would be awesome. Uh, I don't really need to worry about all this stuff here. I'm looking for the most important thing that I have to take with me, and that's my Bible. The rest I don't need there. So a lot of these places, There's no electricity, there's no internet, so paper Bibles are are really handy. So this morning, I want to spend some time talking about... See, they're handy for all kinds of things. (laughs) I want to open our Bibles to Matthew 22, 34 to 40. So... Before we do that, let's just take a second to pray, and then we'll dig into God's word here. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to not only celebrate mothers today, but also to celebrate those people who work so diligently to spread your word, to help others, to be those folks on the ground that actually do things that love through their actions. And as we uh, dig into your word this morning, we just pray that you'll uh, speak to our hearts, just tell us exactly how you want us to act to follow you to obey you and to keep your word in our hearts. so thank you lord for this opportunity in jesus name so i want to go through this short section of passage matthew 22 34 to 40 and i'm just going to read through it and then i want to go back again and unpack it but when the pharisees heard that he jesus put the sadducees the pharisees Uh, that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they gathered themselves together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets let's just go back and unpack this for just a minute here. So Jesus continually puts the uh, legal folks of the days to shame by answering their questions in ways that they totally don't expect. He has such authority in his speaking that they're boggled. So they conspire together and um, they gathered themselves together and one of them, a lawyer, was put to the front to ask a testing question. These questions are designed to take Jesus down a path where they can attack him and attack him for his beliefs and what he teaches to people so that they can bring a charge against him. They always fail. The lawyer says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? So he's not just looking at Exodus 20. He's looking at all of the law and all of the prophets. And the Sadducees and the Pharisees had some 600 subjury laws that they... Uh, tried to keep and the question is which is the greatest and Jesus said you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind he's quoting from Deuteronomy 6 verse 5 here and he says this is the great and foremost commandment and the second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself now here he's quoting from Leviticus 19.18 and then he says on these two commands depend the whole law and the prophets. So what he's saying here is that the greatest commandment is to love God, but it's connected directly to loving others. He's asked one question, but he gives two answers. And he gives two answers because the two are so closely related, you can't separate them. That's why he just jumps into the second answer at the same time. See, Jesus sees the poverty of our hearts and he extends a grace even to this lawyer in answering this question. And the witness of our love is manifested, as Jesus said, in our love for others. The two are inseparable. But they're not a guilt trip. This is not legalism to trap you into uh, works faith or legalism. But that love needs to be expressed somehow to keep it alive and to keep it fresh, keep it growing. Because we can't love God and not love others. But love here is a verb, it's an action. But that action can take many different forms. And that's what we're gonna be looking at today is a lot of those different forms. But before we do that, I wanna look at Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. It's up here. This is right at the very end of the book of Matthew jesus came up to the disciples and he spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i command you and lo i am with you always even to the end of the age so this is often called the great commission Matthew 28, 19. What is Jesus requiring of us here? Well, he's requiring us to go, but he's also requiring us to make disciples. Where? Everywhere. And as a sign of obedience, he's asking us to baptize people. So there's a kind of a sequence here. And he's requiring us to teach them And to observe his commandments. And by the way I've got your back. That's what he says at the very end there. Lo I am with you to the end of the age. I've got your back. So what does this look like? If we're to follow Jesus teaching here. On what love is. And love God love others. Love your neighbors yourself. And his great commission here. Which says go. Teach pray. uh, Baptize. What does this look like? Well, sometimes it's words of encouragement, sometimes it's affirmation, sometimes it's providing material support, material goods, financial aid, physical aid, assistance. It should always include prayer. So that's what it kind of looks like. It, it's, it covers a lot of different things. So who does these things? Well, we can all do something. Some can go. When he says go, he means go, where? Everywhere and anywhere. Some can go. There are some people who are going to be sharing with us today that have had their feet feet on the ground in some of these places that did go. Uh, They answered God's call to love others in a tangible way. But not everyone can go. But some can send. That is, we enable others to go. We support global missions. We provide financial aid, sometimes physical things to enable people to go and do the work that Jesus wants us to do. Not all can send either, but all can pray and all can encourage and all can affirm. This is why we have mission partners on our corporate prayer list every week. We pray for specifically for those mission partners. So what does this look like at Lakeside? Well, those mission partners that I just mentioned. I have a list of them here. There's our list of mission partners. I'm going to go through this in a little more detail. I'm going to pray over this list later, too. But we support quite a number of missionaries, not only around the world, but locally as well. Because when Jesus said, go everywhere, he didn't mean just Africa and India and Asia. He meant here, too. Halliburton is where we're to go as well. So the way this works at Lakeside is that we have a missions team. And this team supervises the mission's budget and allocates certain amounts to certain people depending on how they fit in with our statement of faith, our beliefs, what they do, where they are, um, how they, what kind of relationship we have with them. And just to give you an idea, this list here has about 10 people or 10 agencies or families that are in global places all the way from Cambodia, which we're going to hear about later, Singapore, Colombia, Africa, Central America, South America, all different places. So there's about 10 of those. Plus, we have uh, short term missions global and some discretionary funds that we uh, target to different areas where they're needed in short term. Altogether, that comes to about $50,000 in support, which is about a tenth of our budget. And that's what Lakeslide aims to do is to provide a tenth or tithe on our budget of about a half a million dollars. So about 50,000 is allocated to global budgets. But then there's local agencies and local support as well. And I've got five different other local, meaning Ontario or Canada, uh, plus some short-term mission supports, plus summer students, some plus some discretionary funds as well. And depending on how the figures work, this is between 12 and 15,000 dollars. So. We've got about $65,000 a year that the mission team manages to uh, support people in other areas to follow the Great Commission, to go, to send, to support others. We also run short-term mission trips ourselves. We support people that go on trips. We have lots of folks that uh, come here regularly that go here uh, that have gone on mission trips. We also want to encourage uh, missional culture here which means we want to use this great commission not just as words, but to actual action where we actually go and do these things. Where we go, we send, we make disciples, we baptize. But in the way we do that is not just taking our Bibles with us and just pushing our Bibles at them. We help them understand what God wants us to do, to be his hands and feet, to get opportunities to share his gospel, to speak into others' lives by what we do. And look for opportunities to open the word and to win folks for him so today we want to highlight a few of our mission partners especially folks that are that can be with us today that have actually gone and uh, have some things to share that uh, they have actually done so i'm going to start by inviting um ken Bott and kelly short to come on up Do you want to put the next slide up, Allison? So this is Ken Bott and Kelly Short. They were just down in Columbia. So I'm gonna pass the mic off to these guys. I've got my own mic. If you want to just, you can leave my mic on, if you like, that's good. If you wanna just run us quickly through what we're seeing here and where you were and why you were
1: there? Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll put a little context to it so it makes sense. In 2022, which was a year ago, I went, we went to Columbia for extended time. And we stayed in Villa de Leyva, which is a town about three hours north-northeast of uh, Bogota. He's
2: talking him and his wife, not
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Him, Grace and I, I should have clarified that. And um, we did a lot of traveling. We went to visit the uh, Afanadors. We went to the Bravos. It was a wonderful time. But we had three weeks left back in Villa de Leyva. So we, I said, Lord, you know, if there's something we could do here, here I am, here we are. And we, uh, Grace and I walked down to a coffee shop, and we were having a coffee, and we found out the couple, Carlos and Nora, were Christians, and they own the coffee shop, but their mission, or their coffee shop is their mission field. And that's a whole wonderful story in itself for another time. But they, uh, Nora invited us to uh, come to their church. He said, we're having an American uh, missionary speaking this Sunday, and you guys would welcome to come. We'd love to have you. So we went. And after the service, I started talking to the, the gentleman and Paul. Uh, next slide. And he said, um, I said, where were you a missionary? Oh, in uh, Argentina at a a camp, a Christian camp. Oh, but now I'm retired and I live in Bogota. But, oh, but by the way, I'm out in Villa de Leyva for the next month because I'm getting the camp ready for the following camp season. And I said to him, I said, what well, could you use help? And I became his best friend. Uh, he was like... Uh, he didn't know what to say, he said, can you start tomorrow morning? Anyway, we worked out a time and we repaired roof, we, the roof on the cabins, we did trimming, cutting wood, fixing fences and a bunch of stuff. And at the end of it, we were sitting outside and he said, I have two questions for you. One is kind of funny and I'll explain that one. But the first question is, would you come back next year? I said, well, Lord willing, we will be in Bogota or in Villa de Leo. Yeah, we'll come back. I said, as long as you do two things for me, you have a couple things that I, need, I can do so that I can bring the proper tools along. And he said, okay, we'll do that. And I said, well, what's the other question? He said, well, are you an angel? <laughs> I thought about it for a minute, and I said, no. And I said, you can ask my wife. I'm most certainly not an angel. He said, well, this is a funny story. He said, the week before you came to our church, I was praying, Lord, we need help. We need help. If you can't send a human, send an angel. And you came down from Canada, so there you go. <laughs> so anyway, that was... Uh, so fast forward to last November. Uh, I got an email from him saying, listen, I have two projects. One, we have a bunch of dead trees. And uh, go ahead. And um, we need them cut down, and we need some work on the kitchen.
2: Oh, that's me. So this is us... Uh, Oh, this is me cutting the time. But if you can look at the trees real quick, you see all that kind of grassy stuff? It's a parasite that has taken over down there in these trees. And when I say trees, I'm not talking, you know, 20-foot trees. I'm talking 60 to 90-foot trees that have been totally engulfed in this stuff, and you have to get them down. And it's a kid's camp, right? So what's inside a kid's camp? All kinds of buildings, all kinds of power, Trying to get these things down was a nightmare. That's the only thing you can say. It was great fun, and Ken, unfortunately, wouldn't cut them down. He made me cut them down because of stuff. So keep going. So this is the kind of stuff we we ended up with huge piles of wood. I mean, we literally, I think we took about 30 trees down just there. We've probably got another 30 to 50 to go at least. And then we ended up at uh, another... Uh, missionary's house, actually, that are living in Bogota now, but, and we ended up meeting that young girl back there. If you can just go back for a second, Allison, just go back one, this young lady here, and uh, we quickly became friends with her. We ended up doing a lot of work at her grandparents' house for her, too, because finding workers down there is kind of like Halliburton. You (laughs) can't, right? And when they get workers that come, they come show up for a while, and then they disappear. They're gone. So Ken and I were there. We started doing cleanup at this place. Anyway, we ended up making friends with this lovely young lady. And in fact, so much so, she's going to be coming up here this summer now to work at Medeba. So outreach there. And this young lady, only thing she wants in her life is to become a missionary, to go into primarily the... Muslim community, so that 's what she 's striving for, but of course she needs money to be able to do that, so that she 's coming up here with that so you can see all the different things that 's going on I'll get back to you
1: for a minute. okay this is uh, on the right is uh, your left would be uh or sorry your right you would be uh, the camp this is the entrance way next slide um, is uh some of the work, so the kitchen work needed to be done, and it was, it was pretty rough and uh, needed a lot of work, and they were concerned the health inspector would come in and they would shut them down, and camp was starting in another month, so that was my job, and uh, I said, well, there's a company in Bogota that does um, stainless steel work. His son actually was at our cottage last summer, which is a whole other story in itself. I said, let me get a hold of Jorge, and I'll see if we can go into Bogota and do this work for you. So we went to... Bogota, he said, listen, I can do the stainless for you, but I cannot draw it or do the design work. I said, no problem, that's my expertise, I'll do the design work. So we did that, and within four weeks, we had these countertops on and ready to use. We only did the areas uh, for prepping food and that, so uh, it was a real blessing for them. And uh, I think the big thing was they were always saying how encouraging it was just for us to be there, and they'd keep saying, this is so encouraging. And, uh, anyway, we booked Lord willing another year and we'll do some more stainless work and cut some more trees down. Uh, and then back to the bravos. Anyway, after we finished at the camp, we took a trip and went up to see the bravos. And, uh, what I want to say about that, if you ever, ever get a chance to visit a missionary, do it, do it. It's It's encouraging for them, but it's so, so, it's such a blessing, I should say, for yourself individually. And and Grace and I have done lots of this, and we remember those are the important and fun trips when we actually met up with the missionaries. Um, And they were, we we also took some um, parts, water filter parts for uh, water ambassadors. So, Barry, we we did that, and uh, they were so thankful. And he said, with water ambassadors, it's such a blessing because they get into other communities and then they can serve the Lord there as well. So that's uh, it. So, Okay? Very good. One quick
2: thing. I just want to say this is something that first time I've been able to go to another country and do this. I've done lots in local areas and things, but it was always schedule, work, all those things that could always get in the way. But I'll tell you, what a blessing that you get. You're blessing them, but I'll tell you, the blessing that the Lord gives us inside for us, I came away as high, as a high, high that I've been in a lot of years. And and it's it's just an outreach that you, you can't, until you do it, you can't say enough about it. And I just encourage, like Ken said, do it. Go see our missionaries if you're in that area. But if you ever get a chance, don't be afraid. Columbia, everybody hears nasty things. Don't listen. It was amazing. Anyway.
0: Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Ken. I'm going to ask Greg Brown to come up for a minute. He's going to talk about a couple of places that he's been not too uh, long ago. I don't know why there's a red light on this mic instead of a green mic.
3: this is Part of my two minutes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Kim and I were able to go to uh, Southeast Asia for thirty days this past winter and uh, primarily to see family. Uh, I'm reporting on two families uh, that serve the Lord down there. One are the Martins, uh, Russ and Meredith Martin, and they're located in Singapore, and and the second um, couple are Colin and Kathleen Wassenaar, and they are in Cambodia. So I'm very quickly going to run through what we observed. We went there um, not only to see family but really to be more observant of what these missionaries are doing and and financially we are supporting these people and we should be interested in what they do from day to day. So what we observed when we uh, started off in Singapore, um, when we arrived, uh, Russ flew in from um, a missionary work in uh Malaysia and once we were there uh, he went on two additional um, flights, one to uh, Thailand and another to Korea and when we left, he left the day before we did and went to South Africa. So um, this is very true of many missionary families where the parents are separated from the family and We need to be praying for uh, safety for these people. I mean, the Bravos are another couple that are often in uh, war zones, they're in uh, drug cartel areas, and it would be tremendous if we were praying for these people, and I'm sure some of us are. But anyway, um, secondly, um, sorry, thirdly, the home church that the Martins attend in Singapore is a very vibrant church. Uh, they're in a new church plant from their home church and that new church plant is uh, just cresting 250 people. They've just, uh, started into a new facility and Russ and Meredith have leadership positions in that new facility. And, uh, so, and Meredith is involved in two women's groups, and uh, Russ and Meredith host a, a community group in their home, which their home is very small, but they have 30 people in there and 35-degree temperature every week, and, uh, and they are hardcore missionaries. Um, they have three children, and... Uh, Meredith is involved in obviously raising those children, as is Russ when he's there. And uh, Meredith's also involved in media and drawing and presentations for Power to Change and also for the Lausanne ministry that uh, Russ is uh, co-partnering with right now, which is Worldwide Evangelism that was started by uh, Billy Graham 50 years ago. So um, they are extremely busy um, in that mission. Uh, now I want to go to the Wassanars, which are in Cambodia, and we we did something a little bit different. Um, we didn't, we didn't really know the Wassanars. We were blessed in meeting them here last summer, but we kind of went out on a limb and crashed their place and uh, and. And they're in Cambodia, which was about a three-hour flight, something like that. And uh, Colin and Kathleen, again, are just hardcore uh, missionaries. But, but they have a different style of ministry. And, and we should realize that there's different ways of serving God. Uh, Colin actually started a moped and motorcycle repair shop and has an ongoing rotation of graduates from Teen Challenge, uh, the drug culture. And he trains them, disciples them, gets some routine into their lives, and then they can go out and get a job. Like, I think there's 2.8 million motorcycles and scooters in uh, Cambodia alone, and 14% increase in the coming year. There's lots of work for these guys, so... If you want to repair motorcycles, go and see Colin. Uh, Kathleen works um, every day in an, her engineering job, which is um, which is a, a charity organization that provides professional services to uh, Christian missions in Southeast Asia area. So, if you have a project in Vietnam or Japan or. Um, Thailand, or any of these countries in Southeast Asia, um, EMI, Engineer Missionary International, will provide the uh, technical drawings for your ministry. And we met some of those people that need Kathleen's services. She's also involved in helping villages that don't have water, that's been referenced here, because she is a hydrogeologist. And she knows where to find one well with enough water for the whole community rather than drilling five different wells that aren't producing so well. So, no pun intended. But anyway, the Wassenaars are um, in a local church. We need to pray for these local churches. Uh, They aren't given a church to attend when they go to the mission field. They need to find a church. So... These are all everyday activities that these people are involved in. So if, if you want to be part of a New Testament ministry, just like the Bible says, we can be sending churches like um, uh, Antioch or Jerusalem. Um, we can write letters. We can pray for people. We can come alongside. We can get to know them. We can support them obviously financially, but the real power is in prayer. So I would encourage you, as Ken said earlier, um, get on a bus, no, get on a plane and go and see a missionary. It's, uh, I'll, I'll guarantee you'll come back prayerful. And uh, prayer is a lot better than email, texting, and a lot better than Zoom. So uh, just uh, think about engaging and supporting our missionaries in these ways.
0: Thank You Greg. I'm gonna call Barry Hart up. Uh, Barry come on up. Uh, while Barry's came up, there are opportunities to become partners with missionaries as well. You can write to them, you can communicate with them, actual letters, email. You can get, build relationships with these folks so that we get more information Back to the uh, missions team. Barry, what do you got?
4: Good morning, everybody. Uh, whatever. My name is Barry Hart. Heather and I have been attending this fine church when it was the little building next door, when it was basically Baines, uh, Bialis, and Ruby Way. That's a long time ago. Um, anyway, about 20 years ago, you got the. I brought a PowerPoint clicker dicker, you know, which I thought was high tech, and Allison says, That doesn't work. Anyway, she's not doing it right. So this is my clicker. Okay. Anyway, uh, we founded uh, Water Ambassadors Canada at this church over 20 years ago. Um, And every time I talk about water, I always say contaminated drinking water is the biggest cause of death and disease in the world. It's the easiest thing to fix because we know how to do it. You just give folks clean water. So some of the slides here, I don't know if that's going to work or we crashed. I can see the logo back there. Okay, there's, a, there's the spiel, okay. There, okay, her said that. Okay, I'm clicking my clicker, okay. Okay, a, a sizable portion of the world doesn't have clean water, but a sixth. A billion people don't have access to clean water. Um, And in the dirty water that they're drinking there's critters that live in there and they live in you and that makes you sick Uh, Bacteria worms viruses you name it. They've got it to get the water on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day You wouldn't be sitting around receiving flowers ladies next you would be going to a water hole which could be upwards of five six miles away and getting a 50 pound bucket of water and carrying it Back to your family now when you're carrying that much water at that much distance It's bad for your back uh, you're vulnerable to assault. And sadly, a lot of the water, you wouldn't wash your car tires in it. Next. Imagine that. So you finally walk your five, six miles to the to the, get to the well, and you line up. You put your bucket down, and you line up and wait. So a lot of these women and girls, they can't go to school, they can't work, they can't, you know, join book clubs and all that sort of stuff, because all they're doing is getting water. And like we said, most of the water that they get, you wouldn't wash your car tires in it. If you were walking along with your booties, your nice rubber boots, and you saw some of these water holes, literally you'd walk around it. You wouldn't walk in it. And that's what these folks are drinking. Next. Uh, If you live on a river, you're lucky you've got an access to clean water. But everybody uses the water for everything. You wash in it, you wash your body, you wash your clothes, you wash your dishes, you get your cooking water, you wash your motorcycle, if you've got a motorcycle business going, you wash trucks, you wash cars, cows and horses are drinking the water, they're pooping in it, run off from fields, and that's what's happening in your village, which you will pass downstream to the next village and the next village and the next village. That's the way it is. Uh, some people do hand dug wells. Hand-dug wells are great except they contaminate very easily and they get all sorts of crud and junk in them because everything would fall in it. Next, this is a scene, this is a phenomenal scene from Ethiopia during dry season. This is a riverbed that's uh, dried up because of the, the, you know, it's dry season. So they, next one, so they dig holes in the riverbed until they get this brown CP liquid that goes into it and that's what they drink. And there, there's some poor fellow there filling a, a jug, and that's what you carry home. This is in uh, DR Congo. That's an improved water source where the water filters through some sand first. It's still contaminated, but, you know, it's better than having silt in the water. Next. The uh, thing is, with water, we can fix it. We're not looking for some major surgical technique or some miracle drug or whatever. We know how to do it. Next. Uh, one of the most efficient ways, if you need it, is shallow well drilling. Many of you have been on water drill teams and we just take pipes, you drill a hole in the ground next, this is fast, okay, and you squirt some thick gooby mud down the pipes as you go, this is called drilling mud, and that lines the hole, that young girl in the white t-shirt is my daughter, and she's on a team there in uh, Guatemala fixing pipes and uh, drilling a well. Uh, sometimes it can get very muddy, and if they, the driller people know what I'm talking about, if they don't turn off the high-pressure mud stream while you're changing pipes, it sprays everywhere. So if you see this about to happen, everybody scatters, but some of us don't. Uh, while the hole is drilled, the next thing you do is put down ABS pipe next, and that has little slits in it at the where the water is. The water flows into the pipe. You attach... Next. Boy, you're doing good, Allison. Uh, You attach some plumbing to it, electric or mechanical, and that's your well. You've changed the village. Like, you've changed their lives for, well, hopefully forever. Okay, next. Well repair. Wells are mechanical devices. They do break. Speed it up. Wells are mechanical devices. They do break. Okay? So... I'm not going to skip nothing. Okay, wells are, are mechanical devices. They break. It's estimated in Nicaragua alone there are 70,000 broken wells. The well is drilled, it's in the hole. There's trees all around it, and nobody even knows it's there. We fix wells. Um, that's another drilled or a hand dug well. Keep going. Uh, we repair them. We take out all the plumbing. You put down new plumbing. You can, a team can do a well, fix a well in half a day. Take out the pipes, put new pipes in, all of a sudden the well's restored. You clean up the pipes and have a celebration. We've repaired wells that have been inert for 20 years where the kids didn't even know they were there. Next. We also, that's Gorge mentioned, his Sawyer filter. These are tiny little hand filters. We've distributed these by the, uh, probably the thousands now, which are good household filters for families and shared among families. Next. Uh, Bio-sand filters look like those statues at Easter Island. It's a sand and gravel mixture. You just pour water through it next, and you distribute these in families and it gives drinking water within each family. You just keep pouring water and it works. Disc filters. Wade Woodward at the pump shop says don't show this slide because uh, he sells throwaway filters. Next, this filter can be reused, developed by the Israelis who are world experts on water and you can reuse it again, so we distribute those, next. Another amazing thing, if you didn't skip chemistry class in grade 12, you all know that salt is sodium chloride. That little device will take sodium and chlorine, split it into chlorine gas and sodium, you bubble the chlorine through it, and next thing you know, you've got sterilized water like they do in Toronto. you not too fast, kid. Um, You test it with a swimming pool test kit, The slide before is in Haiti. Now, uh, Dave Ogilvie went down to Haiti after the big earthquake. So this is after the earthquake, we were down in Haiti and we installed chlorinators everywhere. They had the water, it was disgusting. And there's a chlorinator there and that fellow's getting clean water. Okay, go ahead. So we just test them with a swimming pool test kit. And it's a celebration. Here we celebrate, you know, a birthday or a mother's day or whatever. There we celebrate water. It's a big deal. So the whole village gathers, and it's kind of humbling when you're standing there around a well and we've got all this and the whole village is praying for you and thanking god for what you've done i mean it, it's it's overwhelming next um and the kids are cute they're all over you next and you get to meet the families you don't go in as a tourist you go in as a friend you go into their kitchens and all this sort of stuff it's amazing a lot of what we do is teams i started collecting team plaques of all the teams that went and, a lot of you have gone on teams, uh, supported teams financially, or gone to golf. So some of these pictures, sorry, Val, I looked for yours. I did, Val's been on a bunch. There's, hold it, stop there. Who's that good-looking guy back up? Who's that good-looking guy top left without his backpack? So so you recognize a lot of these folks because they've gone on a team. They've given eight days of their lives. They've come back different and better. Um, and that was the last one that Heather and I went on before covid Uh, That was out to uh, Guatemala. And look at Rebecca Bialis back then, back up, back up. So there's Rebecca when she was young and pretty. Now she's older and pretty. So so. anyway, it's already been mentioned. When Jesus was challenged about, um, you know, who's my buddy and all this, he gave the example of the good Samaritan. The Samaritan was an outsider. He gave up his time, his energy, his money. He interrupted his schedule, and he never got thanked. The parable never says the guy woke up and said, hey, thanks a lot. He never knew. So when you support missions or when you go on missions, don't expect for the person that got the help to say thank you because they'll never know you. So it's a wonderful thing that we're doing here. We're touching half a million people in the last 20 years from this little Twinkie Church with God's help that we've given clean water to, and that's a very humbling number. So that's Water Ambassadors Canada. God bless you. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Barry. Thank you, Barry. Lots of stuff going on. I just want to focus just for a minute on uh, local missions. Yeah, you can put that one up. Mother's Day today is the kickoff for the fundraising campaign for our local agency, Pregnancy Care and Family Support Center. Uh, This agency, and I'm very biased here because I'm on the board, um, does a lot of work for families in this community that are struggling with what to do with unexpected pregnancy, what to do about food issues, food sustainability, housing issues, relationship issues, mental health, there's all kinds of pieces of moving parts to family support. So today, when you leave, there's some kids gonna be handing out baby bottles. This is your reminder that if you could support this mission in uh, Halliburton, it would be amazing support for a lot of the families here. You can either put uh, folding money or checks in these things and bring them back, or you can use the, the website on here and go and donate online. That works great too. But this is just a way that we say, uh, there's a lot of families here that need help. And uh, we would really appreciate it if you could be participate in that. So these will be available at the back when you're going out. And uh, if, you want, if you want to pick them up at any time, bring them back around anytime between now and uh, Father's Day or go online, that would be amazing. But there are so many folks here that, that need that kind of help. And in that process of helping others, we like to be able to lead them to the Lord. We like to be able to um, use what we were talking about earlier, Matthew 28, 19. Go doesn't mean to another country. Sometimes it means out your door and into the village or into a local community. Uh, Make disciples witness and win. Talk about what you've done. Talk about your faith and how uh, how the Lord has blessed you and looked after you everywhere at home and abroad and uh, teach encourage and pray for them so um, as I mentioned earlier there are other ways you can do this and one of the ways we'd like to encourage you to do is to talk to us about becoming a prayer partner with some of our mission teams this list here it can be any particular one or uh, whoever you choose you can we give you their email address and a way to contact them you can Uh, Get in touch with them to find out what their needs are, what their prayer needs are. You can pray with them, and you can communicate that to the missions team so that we can put it on the prayer list for our corporate prayer on Sundays. So if you want to put the last slide up there, the answer here is go and spread the gospel. If necessary, use words. Uh, Go or send or pray, but encourage and love. And that's what the gospel means right there. So let me close in prayer and I'm going to pray over this list as well and uh, then I'll invite the music team to come back up and uh, we'll finish off our worship and music. Father God, thank you so much for all of these folks on this list that do all the work that you've commanded us to do to love others in so many different ways, to provide care and love and support and water and uh, helping hands and uh, sharing our lives with them and sharing your gospel with them too so i just ask you to cover these folks lord with your care your love your resources your support whatever they need lord for the work that they're doing the work that they are commanded to do by your word so we thank you for these folks we thank you for what they're doing and just ask you protection in jesus name amen (laughs) i just got handed this just before i came up here This is the new Lakeside Missions uh, pamphlet brochure. If you want to pick one of those up, it gives you a very good idea of who we're supporting right now, some of the prayer needs, and uh, uh, it's also got the, the same scripture verse on the front. So, yeah, pick one of those up later. Thank you.